0: This is Britta and welcome to Model Gene's podcast. This podcast is to introduce you to working models from around the world. From great laughs to tears of horror, our models will discuss their journey and what makes their workday in the modeling industry. This following podcast is brought to you by Model Genealogy. It's an informational platform that provides skills for aspiring models to succeed. You can take the test and find out what type of model you are and they'll guide you on the path that is right for you in the modeling industry. Models will learn everything from how to get an agent and what to do once you get one, what type of pictures are right for you, what the client's expectations are, how to take care of yourself as a model, and what to expect if you want to work in other markets, plus much more. with Model Jeans Podcast and we're here today with Lauren Cyril and um, Lauren welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you for having
1: me. I'm so excited to be interviewed today.
0: So I wanted to start off right away and talk to you about there's always something that goes down on set and you're like oh my gosh that just happened. Um, do you want to give us uh, a little story, a little background on something that happened to you while you were on set?
1: Yes, um, the first thing that pops into my mind was one time when I was shooting in downtown LA. I I can't remember how long ago it was. It was probably like a year or so. Um, And I just remember, like I was on set shooting in like swim or lingerie, I can't remember. And I see Bournes, the music artist, like in the back with all the crew and I was just like I literally had to take a double a double take and see if it was actually him but it was come to see after we went to like lunch break and I like put a robe on and everything and I was talking to him and he was actually such a nice person he was from Michigan I believe so we like related we're both from the Midwest but he was so cool I was just such a random thing that I never expected to happen but it was so cool (laughs)
0: Very cool, and he, he was there at the apartment building because of why?
1: So he lived in that apartment building. So we were shooting in an apartment we rented because it was beautiful, I believe. I mean, I didn't rent, the crew did. Um, and he happened to live in the same building and he also was familiar with the photographer, so talking or something, and he ended up coming down and saying hi.
0: <laughs> Very cool. That's kind of a a surreal moment. Was there um, anyone in the business that you've met um, that's kind of been like, that you've looked up to, like a big sister in the modeling world? And um, was there any advice that they gave you?
1: Um, I mean, I I feel like when I moved to LA, I kind of made friends with a couple models that just happened to be older than me. Most of my... Friends tend to be a little bit older than me, but they definitely took me under my wing. Um, My friend Sam, Abby, just to name a few. Um, But they've definitely helped me. Like if I have a question or something, they can, I'll ask them and they'll give me honest advice and in all aspects too, not just modeling, like they just become like my big sisters in a way. It's so sweet.
0: Yeah, that's amazing because it's kind of like a small community once you get into it. And then that bonding is like so important between you girls.
1: Absolutely. Like there's definitely a sense, sorry, there's definitely a sense of competition, so to say, between people. But if you find your group that you can just rely on and count on each other, that's so special.
0: Absolutely. Um, and I feel like it's harder these days to, to find that because there's so many girls that are like, it's all about me kind of attitude and uh, they just want to make it to the top. And um, it's not no longer like a team of like supporting each other and helping each other and giving pats on each other's backs, which is really important because this is such a mental game um, in the industry.
1: It really is, and there's a saying, supporting girls, and I think it's so true and important that girls do need to support each other and uplift each other and celebrate their differences and strengths and whatnot. And that's, yeah, it needs to be, I mean, it is more common nowadays, but it definitely needs to be more in the industry
0: altogether. Now you're a, um, what do you prefer? Do you like to be called natural model, curve model, plus model?
1: I, I mean, to myself, I don't really categorize myself. Like when I like introduce myself to others, I just say model. I don't necessarily put an adjective before it, but, um, I guess technically speaking, I have curves and I am a, I guess, natural model. I don't know exactly what category I fall under because I'm kind of in-between sizes, which has been a struggle, <laughs> as most other in-between size girls know. Um, yeah, that tends to be my name, in, in-between in size. But I, <laughs> I'm like, an in-between I, model. <laughs> no. Yeah, whatever that means, I don't know.
0: <laughs> so... Um... For all of the girls out there, just so you are more aware, a natural model is usually between the size of four to eight. Uh, a yes. curve model, I like to say a curve model is between the size of like 10 to, uh, 10 to 12 and a plus is more 14 to 22. Um, and so there's that broad range and that in between AKA natural model. Um, why is it so hard for you to like work be- in the modeling industry with it? Like, what are the, some of the things that you're seeing?
1: So a lot of clients mostly brand their businesses as have, most of them are straight size in general, but a lot of them are broadening to allow and target the plus size community, which is awesome. And so cool, but a lot of clients are forgetting the normal, or not normal, but like, I guess the median in between, the in between size. So they market towards straight sizes and plus, and they don't really have too much um, showing the in between. So that's a struggle I've come across is not many clients are looking for that at the moment. Some are, some are, but the majority are not.
0: And I have to say, if anyone who has not seen Lauren before um, and her modeling portfolio, she's actually one of the most sexiest girls I've seen out there. She kind of reminds me of like uh, Sophia Loren <laughs> in a way. Um, and what, what's your nationality, by the way?
1: So I, my dad is from New Zealand, so I'm half Kiwi. But I don't have an accent, obviously, unfortunately, I wish. Um, but my mom's side is Swedish, so I'm kind of just like a hybrid mix of those two <laughs> in I find a
0: way. It, Yeah, I find it actually quite interesting because Lauren has like the dark brown hair and the brown eyes. And she kind of, she kind of can be more ambiguous to so many different types of ethnicities. Um, which is a plus for her Um, you know she could she could probably pull off more of like a Latina type South American model or a um, even like an Italian girl so there's like uh, it's it's very cool but but if you look at her I I need to ask you this because a lot of girls I notice will try to be sexy in their photos Mm. Um, and obviously five years ago you were, you weren't a model really. I mean, you were like, just like the normal girl going to prom, you know? Um, yeah. so at what point in your career, uh, did you get, did you finally like realize your quote unquote sexiness <laughs> and, and, and how to kind of, how to, how to be naturally sexy? Was it practice? Was it natural?
1: So Well, okay. When I started modeling, um, the test shoots that I was going to, most of them in LA were swim and lingerie, like geared around. So that was already sexy as it was. And I have curves, so I'll fill out the garments. So it it already has like the sexy vibe. I wouldn't say that I was trying to be sexy by any means, if anything, the opposite, because I didn't want to come off as, you know. Too sexy, but I think it just naturally appears, like, it naturally aims towards that way most times, given my circumstance.
0: Yeah, what are some tips that you can give girls who are trying too hard? Because I always tell girls, like, you don't even have to try to be sexy, but it's just, like, the way that you pose and the way that you, like, position your body naturally
1: I think, yeah, it is very easy to go over the top very quick to become, like, instead of being classy, more raunchy in a way. Um, my advice to avoiding that would probably be just in, it's all in your head. You just have to mentally be in a state where you're, like, you're thinking of yourself as a classy one. Like, think of, like, the old, like, Sophia Loren. Like, sometimes <laughs> I'll picture myself, like, getting care that I'm... Not necessarily Sophie Levin, but, like, someone with that character And then the photos portray in that manner, I guess. If you're thinking of yourself as, like, something more untasteful, I guess, then it'll show in the photos.
0: Did you also study other models when you were working on your poses? Oh, uh,
1: definitely. I, I've done that before. I remember, like go through Instagram or magazines. I actually have my wall up here with tear outs that I liked of like poses and stuff and then practice them in the mirror over and over and over, which can get repetitive, but it definitely helps because then you can see your angles, what works, what doesn't, et cetera. Yeah.
0: And I think, (laughs) I think it's so important for girls to understand like what's sexy and what's not sexy. Like they may be just trying too hard and, um, mm. you just do a really great job at being that amazing, like just all around voluptuous, sexy girl without even trying. So yeah. well, thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, going back to when you were, uh, just starting out, well, let's talk about First off, like your family life and, and, and where you grew up and like, kind of like what your childhood looked like and then, uh, how you got scouted.
1: Okay. So I grew up in a little suburb outside of Chicago. I tell everyone I'm from Chicago because everyone knows where that is, but I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. Uh, and I grew up with two little sisters. My parents divorced at a very young age. So, I ended up staying with my mom most of the time, but when I did see my dad, he was kind of dabbling getting into photography a little bit. So, he would always plan shoots for us, and we would do little like photo shoots that we inspired like we would pull like inspiration, go find outfits and stuff and do our own little shoots, which was funny to think back on, but I'm glad that it happened. Looking back now because that gave me the experience and the comfort behind the camera at a very young age and kind of the creative freeness to like impose my opinion on the creative direction, I guess, because it was my dad and obviously I could say what I wanted to do and not to do. Um, but I feel like that had a huge role in where I am today because him posting the photos and everyone's like, oh my God, she should model, she should model. And I'm just like, what? Like I, I was in middle school at the time, like playing basketball and like, I was a pretty big tomboy, so that was not on my mind. <laughs> um, but flash forward to high school, I think it was my sophomore year, I believe, of high school. And I was at one of my mom's work parties in the city in Chicago. And I was like manning the door, like checking people in, whatnot. And a lady approached me that was attending the party. And she was like, Do you model? I had I had braces at the time. So obviously was not modeling, did not know anything about it. And I responded, I said, No, no, I don't. And she goes, Well, I'm um I'm an agent with Ford Models in Chicago. Uh, here's my card. You should stop by. And I was like, okay, (laughs) this is weird. This is interesting. So I showed my mom and she's like, oh my God, this is so exciting. Let's go in. So like, I think the next week we, she took me out of school early. We drove into the city and met with them, took digitals, um, got a really positive reaction from them, which was awesome. But we both agreed that they're not going to sign me until I get my braces off. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. (laughs) And I wanted to like keep up with high school and I was pretty involved in basketball. And so I didn't want to let that get in the way. So I waited, I think two years. till I got my braces off. And that was my senior year of high school. And by that time my dad was familiar with an agent at another agency. And so I ended up signing with them. And then started working from there.
0: And uh, so your first market was Chicago. Yes. Do you want to kind of explain what that market entails?
1: Yes, of course. So at the time I started working, I was just picking up every job that I was offered um, because I didn't know any better. And most of my jobs were like a lot of bridal, believe it or not, in the Midwest, there's a lot of to work. There's like Sears and Kohl's, which are in Milwaukee, I believe. Those kind of e-comm clients, um, a couple like live event things. But other than that, there wasn't too much in the Chicago market, as far as my knowing.
0: So what made you decide, uh, well, you were, you were with that agency for how long?
1: Uh, I think it was two years. Two years, exactly, yeah.
0: And then what happened after that?
1: So within those two years that I was with them, um, I wanted to go to L.A. very badly. This was after I graduated high school, and I just had this urge to go to L.A., and I was not going to let anything stop me. So I, I arranged a meeting with my Chicago agency to tell them that I wanted to go and let them know And they were pretty much against it, probably because they wanted me to stay in Chicago to make money for them. Um, So I think like a week later, I sent them my ticket I booked. I said, I'm going. (laughs) So I booked a, I think it was a one way I didn't have a return yet. And I would like, so I went out to LA, I actually signed, or I I started working with the sister agency to agency I was with in Chicago so that was an easy connection I didn't have to like go around and visit a bunch of agencies which was lucky to on my part um but I started working out in LA and I was working with bigger clients and I mean it's LA I was having a lot of fun and the weather's nice I was going back and forth so I'd spend a week I think it was like a week at a time in LA and then go back to Chicago so I would like rent an Airbnb or rent a room from someone for the weeks at a time. And it just became like a lot of back and forth. Uh, I think this was summer of 2018. Um, and then after a whole summer of doing that, I eventually was like, I should just move out here. I mean, I'm this is where I like to be and I'm getting more work and it's exciting. So I think September, yeah, September of 2018, I ended up moving out. To LA with my car and everything so that was a big leap for me
0: so my first question is uh what what was it about LA was there <laughs> were you just like I heard about LA and I'm dreaming of it or did, did you actually go visit LA and then you were
1: like I have to go back yeah looking back I don't really know like I hadn't I had gone once this was when I was still uh, planning to go for like college so I went out with my mom for a weekend and we visited a couple colleges very briefly I didn't get to see any of LA didn't know where anything was didn't end up going to college in LA but I think that kind of perpetuated my yearning to go out there I don't I really don't know like looking back I don't know I just felt this gut feeling that that's where I needed to be so I followed it and I'm very glad I did.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad. I mean, there's so many times that uh, your uh, mate like the agencies will want to hold the model in the market that they're in, like you said, because they want to make money. They're making a lot of money off of you in that market, so of course they don't want you to go off to the next market because mm-hmm. then they don't make any money. So, um, and I think that's a bigger, I don't want to say problem, but that's like a It's a, it's a bigger thing that does happen to a lot of models and then models get stuck in the mark, that market and they don't move to the next market.
1: Yeah. I think they just need to be told or know that this isn't it for them, even though like, like being a young model, you, you definitely like look up to your agents and like, they're the hugest thing and everything they say is important, which it still is, but I feel like you listen to what they say as a as a Bible. And I think it's important for girls to know that it's kind of up to them as well. They have say in what they want and they can speak their opinion and their wants and needs and it's totally okay and if not encouraged. So I think girls need to hear that at a young age.
0: Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree on that one. Uh is there Do you wish you went to college? Is it still like, I'm going to go to college? How did your parents feel about college and you not going?
1: So I actually went one year here in Chicago to a community college just to get like gen eds. And I didn't really know what I wanted to study. So that was kind of a, a push also to quit or to drop out because... I was just wasting my money not knowing what I wanted to do. And I'm actually so glad that I didn't continue with that because, I mean, it's always there when I want to go back and I, I know what I want to study, but I feel like it was just too premature to try and go through, which I feel like it's common for a lot of people that just feel pushed into the system and end up in debt. But then it's also beneficial to a lot of people that say, want to become doctors or lawyers and they know that from a young age, then school is very beneficial. I mean, it's important in general, but for me, I'm glad that I didn't do that because I was able to move to LA and go through all these experiences and experience these opportunities at a very young age that I wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Do you have uh, any advice for parents who are like, I want... I, college is is like the only path that you have, and then the ch- the son or daughter wants to go and model. Is there any advice to the parents and to the the model? Yeah. About that situation.
1: Yes. So, it can be very hard if if you're from anywhere and you want, and you're enrolled in a like college that like you have to attend classes every day. To balance that with modeling is like impossible. So my suggestion, and it's very common, I know a lot of model friends that are doing this, but they take online classes, which is just as beneficial. If not more, you can like do speed ones that you like finish a whole course in like, I don't know, six weeks or something. So I think that's a very awesome addition. And especially now everyone's online school anyway, it's kind of showing how Things are probably going to cross over and be mostly online, so that's definitely another option. And I plan to eventually, at some point, do the same. Hopefully.
0: Yeah, and it's always it's always available, and I think it's been even more available online to girls um, and boys for. A couple years now, which uh, is so amazing, whether you're in high school or college. I even have a girl uh, doing her law degree online, so um, I think it's just sky's the limit at this point. You can do, even Harvard and Yale have online courses, um, so it just depends on how you want to live your life and making sure that you have some type of plan to kind of, you know, do what you want to do, too, so... So, yeah. Absolutely. What, um, for, I mean, you've done a lot of more lingerie and swim type modeling. Um, are there any like advice or tips, tricks, uh, for girls who do do swimwear? Because there's a lot of times, you know, it, things will fall out, come off, um, (laughs) jumping in the water getting out of the water you know like running (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) definitely those things all happen um so my my tip to that not happening um I would say just be conscious like you know your body if you're gonna wear like a very skimpy suit don't be doing jumping jacks or you know anything of that nature Just be conscious and be aware of what you're wearing and try to portray it in the best way, I guess. So if you're wearing like a one piece, for example, you could probably do more extravagant poses and moves as opposed to being in a little string bikini.
0: (laughs) Was there anything that like a stylist taught you um,
1: about um i'd say posing yeah posing wise this i guess goes for wearing anything but um it's just elongating your body and your neck it tends to look very flattering in photos just because a lot of times you naturally want to like like i'm hunched over right now i need to like work on my posture but just keeping your shoulders down and neck long can work wonders it's very obvious in photos when you're conscious and you make those adjustments.
0: And I think too, um, as you start practicing and you start learning how to pose in the lingerie, um, with like where your feet are placed, where, how your legs are placed. Usually like if your legs or your knees are more together, um,
1: it kind of elongates as well. Um, yeah. Also like when you're being shot front on is like poking your butt out a little bit and it makes your thighs look nice and long and lean.
0: And you also have done a lot of like jeans, which a lot of swim lingerie girls do, um, is modeling for jeans, um, for that in between, that in between stage, AKA natural model stage. Um, <laughs> Um, what is usually they have you try them on for castings when you go in. Um, do you want to explain kind of how like the castings work for uh jean lingerie and swim?
1: Yes, so all pretty much work. the casting kind of works the same way. Basically, you'll go in and they have usually a couple different sizes of swim garments under undergarments or jeans. And you pick the one that's your size or fits you best and then you put it on. And then you usually go out and there's like a, a set like with a white backdrop or something or like a white wall. And they'll do a couple snapshots or or digitals so they have them for a future reference. And then you also give them your comp card so then they have your information, agency, your sizes and whatnot. And then they'll use that to reference later when picking their models.
0: Have you ever had any castings where you've had to go back again and again uh, that you've been maybe put on hold for a couple times and then finally get the job?
1: (laughs) Yes. I've had stuff like that happen all the time. I've even had, like, I've been confirmed for a job, and then the day, like, I had the flights booked and everything, and then the day before, it cancels, so there goes all the plans Sorry. What? Can
0: you explain to the girls how, why, and how, why that happens?
1: Yes. Basically, well, I don't even know why. It just must be something that the client—they must have like a swap, a switch in like what they want, or like they change the whole direction of the shoot or something. I don't know exactly, but you just have to, as a model, you have to be adaptable and ready for anything because you never know what's coming. I remember another time I had flown to New York for a day. I think I was visiting agencies or something, or I was about to, and then I got booked in LA for a job. So after landing in New York, I had to turn around, go back to LA for I think 24 hours, and then back to New York, which that flight's not short. It's like six hours. So you're just constantly um on your toes basically but it it makes it fun in my opinion i enjoy it
0: <laughs> when you're um going back to like when you're getting uh put on holds and then released and if anybody who doesn't know what a hold is um mm-hmm. let's explain that and a and a release so the girls understand
1: yes so when you're on hold that means the client is very is interested in you and they're just like I guess sorting through a couple last options to make a final decision. Um, So when you're on hold you just kind of have that date out they're planning to shoot um, just in case they do confirm you.
0: And then a release is when they decide that they don't want to use you and then they say we don't want to, we're done, we're like we don't need you now. Um, Yes. And you said it happens
1: time all yes all the time so <laughs> and at first it did kind of like oh why did they want me like what 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 was wrong with me but no it's you once you had it happen enough times you realize oh I just wasn't the right fit I didn't have brown hair or I didn't have blonde hair or I didn't have blue eyes or you know mm-hmm. it's not personal it's just you're not what they need at that moment
0: yeah and I think there's at those times um that's when the girl feels a lot of pressure
1: Mm. yes they can like start making up scenarios in their head like oh i need to be more this i need to be more this when it's just their own conscious conscience telling them that it's not true at all like we don't know what goes on behind the and we don't know exactly what they're looking for a lot of times you do show up at a casting and there's a bunch of doppelgangers so you kind of get a feeling of what they are looking for but everyone is different in their own way and so the only thing you can do is just be your authentic self because that's what they'll either book you or not book you for
0: was there any way for you to to come over like to get over that part of it anything that helped you
1: I think it just time over time having enough experiences and you figure stuff out over time that like realizing that you're not going to get every job. Like I remember at the beginning I would go to castings like, Oh my God, I have to get this one. Like just overthinking like crazy Pe- prepping my for the night before, like practicing what I'm going to say, yada, yada, yada. And that's just, it becomes overwhelming. I found after going to many castings that it's so much easier for me to just be more carefree and laissez-faire, I guess, and just show up, be myself, be natural, and have fun with it. That's what makes it easiest and most enjoyed because that's the point at the end of the day is to have fun.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, and a lot of girls do forget that, and they start comparing themselves to each other and themselves to themselves, and it could it, it get crazy in your head. Uh, one of the things that you said, uh, was that to treat everyone with respect. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit more and why it's so important?
1: Yes. Uh, it may be my Midwest roots shining through, but something I've always found important is no matter who it is, like on set, if it's the photographer, the makeup artist, the stylist, the assistant stylist, yada, yada, yada whoever it may be to always treat them with respect and kindness and be gracious because not even from a selfish standpoint, like you never know like who they are, how they could benefit you later in your career, but just to be nice to them in general, because you don't know what they're going through. And it, it shows a good impression of yourself also shows that you're obviously respectful and, a well-rounded person which I think comes off very strongly whether you know it or not.
0: I think as well a lot of girls even the ones who have agencies don't know this but a lot of the bigger photographers and casting directors they have an assistant that's at the front desk checking you in and that assistant is actually way more important than the photographer and the casting director because they're the one who decides whether or not you're going to actually see the photographer or casting director face-to-face. If you walk up to that assistant and you treat her like shit, <laughs> she's going to be like, yeah, they're too busy, sorry. Or, oh, the position was filled, and they're just going to turn them away. Or they're just going to go tell the photographer and say, you know what? She was an absolute bitch to me. And the photographer's like, great, not hiring her. So you really need to, like huh i didn't even know that yeah so it's really um you gotta watch your p's and q's when it comes to the the assistants because they're the ones who actually report back to the higher ups and um and if you can't treat somebody who's on that level with respect then how are you expected to treat the the higher levels does that make sense
1: exactly you put that so beautifully well it's like
0: it's like going to the doctor's office i hate to say this but you go to the doctor's office and you're kind of snappy with the nurse you complain to the nurse and the moment the doctor comes in then you're like everything's great everything's wonderful you know like you're not going to complain as much maybe because they have a higher authority but
1: it's like the nurse Mm -hmm. who takes the brunt (laughs) exactly that's such a good analogy
0: so yeah, so and and the assistants also they actually don't just stay assistants for so long. They actually go up the ladder and they become somebody. And if they didn't like you at the beginning, they're not gonna like you when they're up on that ladder either. So um, it's,
1: impressive.
0: it's a yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a really big quality, uh, kind of like it's like an underlining rule in Hollywood. Um, so and it doesn't matter where you are in this business but it definitely is like this like underlining rule um and so know it for sure um yes bad energy versus good energy let's talk about that because i feel like that's really important
1: yes um in what's like what sense do you mean
0: well like I giving. Th- Yes, like giving off bad energy versus good, or taking in bad energy.
1: Mm, Yes, I have been on several shoots where either the makeup artist or the stylist or someone in a bad mood, and it just like, the second you walk into the room, you're like, oh, okay, something's got to change here. And it can be hard because being a model, you feel like you can't really like say anything or like. Do anything, you just kinda gotta sit there and soak it all in. But yeah, being around bad energy is definitely hard. Um, those shoots are never fun, and it kind of it shows in the photos most times when you're not having a good time. But one thing you can always do is bring a positive energy, no matter what. Like even if you're having a bad day, if you kind of fake it and just be happy and funny and goofy and make that can go a long way and could even like turn someone's bad day into a, a better day.
0: Have you, um, have you ever had to like put on that face when you get on set and then they realize it and they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you for like helping me have a better day today. And
1: yes, I've, I've had the nicest people like reach out to me on Instagram or something later, and they're like, oh my god, thank you for being, like, so fun and nice on set. And they're like, that's the greatest compliment. It's better than any, like, appearance compliment I could get, in my opinion. I think that's so sweet, and I do strive to make everyone happier. I feel like that's something I can bring to the table um, on a shoot, because life's short. Like, why not enjoy it and make the most of it?
0: Um, out of all of your clients, who is, like, your favorite client and... why
1: okay this is tricky question because I've I've worked with a lot of clients that I adore and it's very hard to choose one but I'd have to say my favorite client so far is Cup, on bras and underwear uh why I loved working with them so much was first we shot at my house so that was kind of fun (laughs) never done that before uh But they also took the time to interview me, like we are now, and ask me some questions, which I had never done before. I hadn't, it was kind of my first opportunity to speak out and voice my story and kind of what goes on behind the scenes, which was really cool for me. And I also love their bra. I think I'm wearing it right now. I love their clothes and their branding. They're just an awesome brand. Love them. (laughs)
0: Are you involved with like any charities at all or um, are you advocating for anything?
1: Not at the moment, but I'm following about like six different, like no plastic and ocean conscious accounts. Also animal, um, foster animals. I haven't like figured out how to connect with them yet, but I'm working on it. Now is a great time for me to reach out. And work on that having so much free time so hopefully in the near future i will be able to take part in that
0: well and maybe you could also share some of those um accounts that you're following so that the other models can look at it and get an idea of um maybe of, of things that they can do too i don't like, know to help out the organizations
1: absolutely i don't know if you can like add it in the notes or something i can yeah. send you them
0: yeah that would be great yeah notes are We'll add it in the notes down below for everybody. Yay. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it seems like society, like there's like so many pressures for girls. Um, are there like certain pressures that you have felt as a, you know, being a model? Is there a pressure being a natural model that you have felt by society
1: Yes, there's obviously a lot of pressure being a model because your appearance is your brand. So you have to consciously be aware of what you look like. You have to stay constant. You can't like, fluctuate, whatnot. Um, what was the original question.
0: That's okay. Um, the... Uh, society pressures like being a model there's a lot of pressures with modeling out from the outside of society that that they want you know
1: especially with in between size modeling there has been a lot of pressure for girls like they would either have they would have pressure from their agents to either slim down or by padding to appear bigger to fit into those two categories which is mentally kind of fucks with you it's not because you think oh i'm not good enough the way i am my healthy self which can get to your head definitely it's changing a lot now it's not very it's not as common because there's so many different girls in the industry you can literally find a girl for each thing you're looking for nowadays you don't have to try to like morph yourself into some mold
0: and what about like um like, outside pressures, uh, have you seen, like, any of your friends, uh, deal with, like, the drugs, the alcohol, the eating disorders, and, and, and see their journey of, like, being pressured by society, that it just gets to them so much that they use that as
1: a crutch? Definitely. I, there's, it's so sad, and I hate even, talking about it but there's so many girls out there that have struggled or are struggling with eating disorders of some sort it's very very common and it's so sad to see because a lot of it does derive from having to fit into a certain certain mold but yeah it's just it's very sad um another thing that I see and um I wish that it wasn't as common but a lot of girls do get caught up in the whole party scene and promoters and all that jazz. And it's just like an easy way to burn out really fast. And it may seem fun and glamorous at first and you're like, oh, I'm good to see all these cool people and we go out at night and yada, yada, yada. But it's, it's I mean, in my opinion, and most people's opinion, it's just not a good look. It may be fun from the moment but it's not a good look in the long run, and it's not healthy, you're not really taking care of yourself, drinking all the alcohol and no sleep and whatnot. It's definitely better to prioritize your health and wellness mentally and physically over all that, because it will pay off.
0: And yeah, um, just to explain too, for everyone that's listening, uh, so these parties that the models go to, with, um, who have promoters do you want to explain what a promoter is for them
1: yes so a promoter is basically a person could be a guy or a girl not all promoters are bad but generally generally they're just their job is to find pretty girls and bring them to events or clubs or something and they get paid to do that and you just ride along with the ride have a good time, you think, and get free drinks and whatnot. But you're basically a little pawn in their business in a way. Like, you're making them money.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there's all different levels um, of promoters, whether it's, like, um, celebrity dinners um, at restaurants or at nightclubs or um, you have, like, different events for the promoters. Um, But their whole... And depending on which market you're in and what country even what you know like the countries that you're in um some of the promoters can get quite feisty and like follow the girls around until they get the girl to actually come and they'll pick the girls up in a free limo Um, the girls will get free drinks free dinner huge like lobster steak like anything they want Um, they get to hang out and have dinner with uh celebrities and music artists um but the whole time the girls are basically just being used for uh the promoter to get paid um and there's different levels Mm -hmm. of what the promoter gets paid too depending on what the girls will be willing to do and not do so um it's a very sad scene and I definitely wanted to touch base on it because there's so many pressures um out there for girls to models to do it. Um and if the girl doesn't understand that cycle and actually what it is, um and if they're all just in a like a party type mood or a fun, I just want to have fun. I just want to have fun. I just want to be, you know, popular and I just want my Instagram numbers to go up. Um, they don't understand how it's hurting their little brothers and sisters down the, the road for the aspiring models.
1: Very much. I personally did touch on my experience with that. When I first moved to LA, I had I didn't know any better. So I going out a few times with a promoter, a couple of different promoters, and. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, I didn't know any better. Like, I thought that was normal. I thought that's what models are supposed to do. I didn't know any better. Luckily I have I'm surrounded by really awesome people. This photographer, my friend Gregorio, he's such a big brother to me. He's amazing. He gives me the best advice. But like he his advice and other people's, they're like, What are you doing? Like, no, like they just inform me, like, no, that's not that's not like what you're you don't have to do that and it's not necessarily beneficial to you. I'm just hearing that and you're like, Oh, you kind of just like realize like, Oh, I don't want to be doing this. I'm just kind of doing it because it was there. And that helped me to just kind of get back on track in that sense.
0: Yeah. And you're one of the lucky ones too. Cause um, a lot of I'm girls that actually do get into it more. What do you, what, what do you see?
1: Oh, I've seen, it's so sad to see girls that just end up selling their soul basically to, like that just becomes like their excitement in life. They look forward to going out to clubs and that's like the only exciting thing to look forward to, which is really sad because it's artificial and not like, it's not long lasting in my opinion. It'll just.
0: What about their career? What does it does with their career?
1: Well, clients can see that if they look at your Instagram and it's full of going out to clubs and drinking, clients automatically turn off like they don't want that to be representing their brand. Because you're essentially, when you work for a company, you're representing their brand and what they stand for. And if your morals don't allow theirs, they're not going to want to work with you.
0: Have you noticed that
1: the... Sango- com- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I was just saying, same goes for agencies. Like, agencies have morals and they want to align with their models, et cetera.
0: Sorry. Yeah, no, that's good. I I think Instagram is really important in in the sense that uh, the world is watching you, whether you like it or not, as a model. It's a tool. But Mm -hmm. also the clients, that's their go-to spot. So um, have you... Have you been noticed by clients just because of your Instagram and, like, booked off yes. that?
1: Yes. Usually I don't know how the client finds me. Sometimes I'll, like, pull it out of them or something. But, yeah, a lot of times they've found me from Instagram or from Instagrams of the clients i work for. It's just crazy how it's all a huge network and just, like, one click could, like, introduce you to a whole other dimension basically no Instagram is so major whether we like it or not in the industry and it's becoming more of more and more of a role in what we do
0: do you usually like sit down and plan out how you're going to do your Instagram
1: (laughs) no I probably should um but I I used to a little bit I would be very articulate like I would literally come up with the caption and then go take the photo that would go along with my caption, (laughs) which is funny. Um, But nowadays, I kind of just post whatever I like. I've kind of been posting more not of myself, which I really enjoy. I, I, I thought it all had to be about me, which I hated. And then I thought I couldn't post one photo in a row or two photos in a row of like just my face because I feel like vain or... Self-absorbed, But I think Instagram shouldn't be taken that seriously. Like, yes, you should be conscious of what you're posting and putting out there because the whole world can see it. I think you should be able to show yourself your personality, what you like or things that excite you in a modest way.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I, I don't think you have to show the world everything about you. But definitely, <laughs> but definitely, like, you know, hobbies and what you like to do, what makes you weird, that's always a good, you know, like, things that are out of the box, kind of fun, um, that kind of, like, surprise other people and going, oh, I didn't know that you do that. So, um, I think that's, like, really important as you start building out, like, who you are as a person um, for the clients to To kind of watch and see you like
1: develop yes because there's a billion pretty faces out there but what's going to differentiate you is your personality and your strengths basically
0: yep exactly um well so we have a couple more questions um i wanted to find out if there was any um like beauty products that you swear by? Ooh, yes,
1: yes. I love beauty products. I'm very guilty of owning a few too many that probably don't benefit me, but just having them makes me happy, so I keep them anyway. Um, Actually, here you can probably see, um, but I have a whole drunk elephant. They were so kind and sent me a huge bag of, skincare goodies and like it was very overwhelming in a good way and so I'm still like them all out but so far I've loved the results they work phenomenal so swear by drunk elephant they're a little pricey but in my opinion worth it Um, I also don't think that you should have to spend a lot to get good quality products I think there's a lot of drugstore makeup brands skincare brands that are just as good if not better it's just like having a Expensive makeup makeup product makes makes you feel good or special, so I think that's okay.
0: Yeah, no, and I um I love Drunk Elephant as well, so um we'll definitely put that link down below for uh, everyone to check out. Do you have a specific? Yes, I recommend. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yes, <laughs> the uh it's called the baby facial with. 25% HA, 2% BHA, chickpea flour. It's so good. It's like a face mask you put on for 20 minutes. And it has chemical exfoliants that literally when you take it off, your skin feels like a baby's butt. It is so smooth and retextured. It's amazing. Stand by this. Did, you, <laughs> did you have
0: problems with your skin in high school and growing up?
1: Not in high school. It actually hit me about a year ago and I'm still trying to get rid of it, which this quarantine is kind of helping. I don't have to wear any makeup and it's definitely getting better, but I struggled so much probably for a year and a half, maybe two years I have been. And I've tried everything, which I know everyone says, but um, what I think helped was I went to a holistic doctor to figure out because I I felt like there was something going on inside and we figured out that it's my gut. My gut wasn't like healthy or it's a little leaky or something. Um, So she put me, she ended up putting me on an elimination diet, which I figured out which foods triggered this outbreak and flared up my skin. So that definitely helped. And I think you can just Google like elimination diet if you're struggling and anyone can do it. And that helped me a lot.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really big part of modeling is like, it's not just only like figuring out what's healthy to eat for you and how to eat for your, uh, your body type, your body size. Um, but also for your skin, it all kind of just connects together. And there's so many, people that are either allergic to grain or dairy and they don't think about trying to adjust the diet for the skin so that's a really good point
1: yes your skin is just an outward appearance of what goes on inside it's just like the canvas where everything shows up
0: also I've learned um that sometimes water is um can affect um, so like if you're washing yeah. your face with water, faucet water, try bottled
1: water. Oh my God. Totally. Actually in LA has the worst tap water and that's when it started to get bad. So that probably had a big thing to do with it. But when then, when I went to New York, people were like drinking the tap water, like putting it on your face and it, it actually like cleared my skin a little bit. It was amazing. Because you wouldn't think that being in a huge city, but yeah, the water plays a huge role because you use that to like wash your hair, your face, you drink it. Water is important.
0: Yep. So just carry bottles of water with you. <laughs> Every market you go to. <laughs> it's your first test. Um, did you, yes. did you like uh, procure any like new hobbies in your traveling between New York and LA? Anything that you would do special um, while you were bored?
1: Um I think like I enjoy like one of my hobbies right now is painting, but I've always I've grown up painting. Um so I wouldn't say that's something I've incurred along the way. Maybe um taking photos of my friends and such. I have a film camera like over there. I got at a flea market a little uh thirty-five millimeter and just for fun I'll like take photos of friends and then go get it developed and it's always so fun to see how they turned out and whatnot so I'd say that's a little hobby I have picked up along the way I don't really plan on making it a photography career or anything but it's it's fun for the meantime
0: it's kind of like a, a a relaxed thing for you it's just like it's something that no one's gonna judge you
1: on it's just for you it's so fun to get the photos back and then go and like send everyone their photos of themselves and like to see their reactions. It's just, it's fun. It's a fun little thing.
0: (laughs) Painting wise, what kind of, um, what kind of median do you do?
1: I mostly use acrylic because it's so easy and I find it fast. Um, but I also really enjoy watercolor. I'm trying to learn oil. It's, it's so difficult and there's so many different components. Uh, I haven't mastered it yet, but hopefully I will. But something I've recently discovered is my iPad. There's so many apps that you can use to paint, like with the Apple Pencil. And I've just been using that because all my paint supplies is in uh, storage. So I've just been having to use my iPad, which I find is actually quite easy, surprisingly. So there's so many different options if you're looking to get into painting or Artistic, sense. you literally could go to like the grocery store and get a box of crayons and create. It's not, it's not really what you're using; it's what you're making. I find is most important.
0: When it's travel friendly too,
1: so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> Any about and paints on the plane and start because Picasso. <laughs> start setting up your easel in the middle of the aisle that would be an interesting site might consider but for now i'll use my ipad <laughs> um uh,
0: has there any been anything that you've seen or been like told that's not kosher in the workplace
1: um you think i've been I've seen or been told that isn't kosher. Um, I've I've heard people say how like there's models that like post a paragraph or an essay, a photo, talking about whatever it is they feel inclined to talk about. I've heard a lot of people like slander that or talk down and it, say it's annoying when they could just easily scroll past it and it doesn't even affect them but I think I think it's important for people to share their opinion not overshare but just yeah, feel free to express themselves without being judged
0: and we're talking about like models who may like have a, an issue with the workplace and they're just kind of trying to speak their voice and saying like, hey, this is going on and this is how I feel about it. And, and, um, and you're saying that there's people out there that are like, how dare she even like
1: speak up? I think they're just attention seeking or I don't know, they come up with so many excuses, but I think that it should be okay for them to do. Freedom of speech.
0: <laughs> Is there a difference between like just noting an issue and like making a voice about
1: it to attention seeking? Definitely. If you're like, I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of a specific example, but I think there's a fine line between just trying to create awareness and trying to get like sympathy and like obviously, attention. Um, I couldn't, like, say an example, but I know there's definitely a fine line. You'd know it when you see it. I think steering away from, like, if you think about before you post it, why am I posting this? Am I posting this to help other people or let other people know about this? Or am I posting this to get a reaction and, like, get people to, like, fill an insecure void in me or something? I think it's all in your purpose or reasoning behind
0: it yeah and i i think um a lot of models who are doing the attention seeking um are doing it out of spite where they don't understand that they're hurting the models that are actually just trying to speak their voice
1: yes i agree
0: yeah so and that i mean it's it's a it's a fine line and it's um and it could hurt the models in one way um but it also like makes our industry look like if a model does speak out that all the models are attention seeking does that make sense so people (laughs) generalize easily (laughs) so i think i think how you said it like if it's like if you're, if it's because of like your heart and, and it's like, a, there's like a true, honest, um, reason for you to speak out about something, you know, um, that's really important. Yes. Um, but if you're just doing it in spite, then it's not like you've really found the solution or thought of the solution or figured out how you can make it better. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Yes, totally. Yeah. Well put.
0: And I think that's one thing in our industry that I, like, I ask all of the models out there, like, um, there's no reason to bash. There's no reason to bitch about a thousand things unless you can come up and you're going to like, if you're going to have some type of criticism, you have to have some options of solutions so that we can make the industry better for, everyone in it, including all of the babies that are going to be coming into this industry. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was beautiful. (laughs) So, um, so I have one more question for the day. Um, and I, and I have all the models do this. It's, wouldn't it be great if, and then you Blank. blank. Yep. So if there's anything you want to change in the industry or, see in the industry
1: tricky one wouldn't it be great if everyone had a fair chance that's what came to my head if everyone had a fair chance like models of all different walks of life from wherever they come from whatever nationality whatever language they speak that they can have an equal chance to someone that's more privileged or in a better position. That's my quote.
0: <laughs> I like it. Yay. I think that's a really great one, especially when it comes to, um, body types. Um, I guess. Yeah. And I think that, uh, there's a lot still being needed to be done, you know, for, for that category but i see that it's starting to open up and it's definitely a good voice to have on it totally amen (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for being part of the show and we really enjoyed talking to you today and um i hope we get to see you soon i hope uh you're working like crazy but we'll catch you at some point and catch up with you yes
1: home as they say
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you for joining us on the model jeans podcast want to talk about this podcast as always we love to hear from you jump over to our social media platforms at model jeans podcast then come on over to modelgenealogy.com to sign up to be the first to get exclusive updates on our VIP live interviews and all the updates you need to know. Be sure to take the test to see what type of model you are so you have a path to follow. Lastly, do you have a challenge for us to solve? Reach out to us at Model Genealogy. You may find our comeback sooner than you think on Topic Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me.